Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hitting record on Audacity. And it's 10.59. Let's go live. 11, here we go. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Well, uh, let me give it a second. I tweeted it, but, you know, let's give people a minute to show up. This is the worst part, the waiting. What if I throw a party and no one shows? No one's here yet. It's 23 seconds. Might have to cancel this whole thing. Oh, someone's here. Well, two people. Morning, everybody. I'm going to get this Q&A started in just a second. Waiting for some people to show up. Uh, I haven't done I, I think this is only my second one of these, these uh, this summer. I'll be back for post-game all season long. Don't worry. I haven't gone anywhere. Is anyone comment? Can I just not see the comments? That would be very strange. Alright, let's just get it started and uh, see how many people show up. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey's, uh, what is it, Saturday Morning Scrambles. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the for the morning. Uh, this is, you know, our off-season Q&A. We like to do them weekend mornings. Just get people involved, get it going. Uh, I, I took some questions off Twitter. I'm going to answer all the Twitter questions first. Uh, kind of run through those. Got them, I collected them last night. I have them in front of me. Going to answer those, and then uh, we'll get to your questions. So, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, let's just get it going. Uh, let's see here. First question I got from Twitter was from Jake Farringer. Uh, and he asks, okay, wow. Who would win in a fight, Samuel Moran or Frank Bialois? Uh Depends on drug testing rules. Now, uh, obviously, Sam Moran, you know, bigger, stronger, you know, big guy, but come on, I, I got the I got the Frank Bylowis bobblehead right here, like, he's my favorite hockey player of all time, I can't choose against him. Uh, thanks, Jake, make me answer against my childhood heroes first thing in the morning. All right, let's get to Paul Kohler, first serious hockey questions here. Uh, he's got first of two questions. First, Kohler asks, over, under, 5.5, okay, 5.5 flyers with 60 points, over or under. All right, so six guys would be the over. Um, Giroux and Voracek are locks, you would have to think, for 60. Got to believe Couturier gets to 60. I expect him to regress a little, just, yeah, he's never been that good. But 60, I think, is still obtainable for him. Uh, so now, do I think Konechny, under 50 he had, JVR, 54, Patrick, that would be doubling his output, maybe Simmons, what do you have, like 45 last year, 46, um, Ghost had 65, 
Kovarov had 41. So that's like how many guys? Five. I think it's going to be five. I think we're going to have a lot of 58 and 59 point guys. Like, I don't, 60. Like, if the answer, if the question was 55, I think a lot of those guys will be over. Um, but 60. Yeah, I think I think I think it's at five, so I'm gonna have to go under on that one, Paul. Drew uh, Voracek, Couturier, uh, JVR, and Ghost. I think are your five with sixty points. That's my guess. All right, and his second question: Who is your favorite late '90s flyer not named Lindros? Uh, I love Brian Boucher. Started '99, 2000, so. Yeah, I can go with Boosh here. Uh, I was just, I love Boosh. Uh, I watched him as a rookie, backing up in the AHL with the Phantoms, uh, backing up Neil Little uh, his first year there. I was a Phantoms season ticket holder. Everyone knows this as a kid. I I was all about the Phantoms, so Boucher was my guy. Um, but, yeah, all my favorite guys, really, from that time period weren't that good in the NHL. Um, I just loved them because I watched them with the Phantoms. Like, Colin Forbes was my dude. Oh my God, he was—he had—he had decent amount of skill, and he could fight, man. He was tough. Um, yeah, like Mike Manilock, John Drews, I loved. He laid out Zdeno Chara when Chara was on the Thoroughblades once. Oh my God, it was—it made—it made the uh, the Stevens hit on Lindros look like look like something out of Sesame Street. It was it was awesome. Um, Andy Delmore, I was a big Andy Delmore guy. He had uh, he had that hat trick against the Penguins. He had as many goals in that series in, I think it was 2000, as Yager did. I always thought he was going to be something special. Actually, had a couple good years with Nashville. Um, beyond those guys, Sean Podine. I met him at like a famous footwear or some shoe store in the Deptford Mall and got his autograph. So I was always a Sean Podine fan just because got his autograph, um, you know, in the Deptford Mall. And uh, Chris Tarian. It was a different game back then. I loved I loved Chris Tarian. Uh, modeled my own game after him quite a bit. Uh, wanted to love Chris Gratton. Got his jersey for, uh, for Christmas. His first year, they got the black jerseys. Of course, he switched his number in his second year and was gone after, uh, well, before Christmas. So it was, I, I had his jersey for less than a year that it was good. Uh, so F Chris Gratton. But yeah, Boucher, number one, definitely. Um, question from BT. Lots of talk about who will, uh, who the 3C will be. I lost it, I'm sorry. Here it is. Lots of talk about who the 3C will be, but who will be the 3C in 2021-22? Okay. Uh, I'm going to answer this seriously and say hopefully Morgan Frost uh, Sean Couturier will be in his age 28-29 season and be in the last year of his deal. Uh, so he'll still be here. He'll still be relatively young. He'll still be your 1C, I'm guessing. Um, you know, Nolan Patrick will be 23 and hopefully really beginning to realize his full potential by then. And then uh, you know Morgan Frost, who was you know, taken in that same draft, right? Yeah, that's the same. That's the Nolan Patrick draft. Um yeah, so hopefully he's there. Uh, I guess we could factor in potentially Jay O'Brien or maybe German Rubstov. Um, hey, let's let's get rid of line numbers and and just have four great centers. I guess the question is, will Patrick 
uh, B3C or Will Frost B3C. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? Uh, if we're if we're debating, actually, he's our two C. Actually, he's our one. Um, yeah, hopefully those are just the three centers, and we're we're good. We're real. Just, we're just real good. Um, however, however, four seasons down the line, let's worry about this year. That's um, we've been talking about the future for so long. I feel like people, including me, are having a tough time adjusting to. Hey. This is a good team now, too. Um, do I think this is as good as they're going to be? Um, no. Uh, they're going to keep adding pieces. And, of course, we're eventually going to get Carter Hart, hopefully, or one of the goalie prospects, whoever it may be. And then, you know, we actually have a complete team. Um, but I think this team is going to be pretty damn good this year. I think they really could be a 100-point team. I think they really could be fighting for a division title. Um, yes, goaltending will remain a question. Brian Elliott was serviceable last year. He was fine uh, until he got hurt, and then he looked like trash like everyone else. Michael Neuvert still, you know, when's he going to play two games in a row? Yeah, when, when's he going to play 30 games? Because, like, he hasn't. Um, can't count on him. So the goalies are going to remain a question. But I got to believe the defense is better. And look at our offense. The Flyers' offense could be actually good this year. I just ran through the guys who I think are going to you know, have 60-point years. I think it's five guys, but I, I think a lot of guys have a chance at 50-55. Um, all those guys I named, you know, Simmons, Konechny, Patrick, uh, even Provorov. He had five points on the power play last year. Imagine if the second power play is just a little better and he has 10. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sandheim could be adding some offense as well. I just like look at the top six. Third line, yeah, might be lacking a little bit, but I don't know if we've seen all we can. We've, I don't know if we've seen all there is to see with Scott Lawton yet, and maybe if he has line mates like a Lindblom and a Simmons, that could be a good checking line that contributes on offense. Just because it's a, it's a bunch of guys who can win puck battles uh, and they can get in on offense, so. Uh, that's three lines right there. H how bad could a, you know, Yuri Latenner, <laughs> Yuri Latenner, Yuri Latera, man, I drink this coffee. How bad could a Yuri Latera centered fourth line be? The answer, pretty bad. But I still, I just think this team is gonna be pretty damn good this year. So, um. Why do I? Why am I ranting like this? Oh, because the question is about something four seasons from now. So, like, yes, we have so much to look forward to. And I, I got questions about the Pronman list, Corey Pronman's prospect rankings list. I, I don't want to get into it because it's a list. Whatever. He, we're twelfth. We were first last year. Um, it's a list. It's his opinion. Yeah, we probably overvalue some of our guys, and we probably think more. We probably think more guys are going to reach close to what we believe their ceilings to be than will. That's just part of being a fan, uh, you know, being attached to these guys. We've seen their name on lists. We've gone out of our way to watch them play and grainy YouTube videos and stolen Reddit feeds and all these things. We get attached to these guys, and we start to like, oh, man, they're all going to turn out. Like, There's a good chance we never see Matthew Strom, and I don't want to single out Matthew Strom. There's a good chance we never see a lot of these. I'm just saying... Like, there's a good chance Isaac Ratcliffe isn't a first-line winger. Could he be? 
Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, just if he's a nice little third liner, that could happen to and little I say as if the dude's not like seven feet tall and skates. Um uh, so maybe we do overrate some of our guys, but it's it's fun to get attached to them. Like that's we sit there and oh man, we just make our little lineups of what we think the team's gonna be. But enjoy this year too. The future is always bright. Yeah, twelfth. But look, he said we have the deepest. We have the most quality depth in the league. He was just uh, you know ranking. Uh, he puts he puts a lot of stock in the like can't miss top end guys and of course like yeah top end skill that's what it's all about but uh, the flyers maybe don't have one of them um because carter hart's a goalie and nobody knows how to how to judge a goalie they're just you know you're thinking he's a top end guy but who knows uh morgan frost but he's coming off of you know really one breakout year uh as a dominant guy and faraby you know remains to be seen but it looks you know those guys all have a chance to maybe be way underrated in the system right now. Uh, and probably Jay O'Brien, too, just because nobody knows. Um, but the quality depth, and that's... Uh, if you lose a guy and throw another guy in and there's not a big drop, that's what... Geez, look at look at what Nashville had to do in the uh, in the playoffs a couple of years ago. They just kept losing guys. And, hey, they, they had the depth to, to keep making it work. So that's the whole that's the whole idea. Uh, so, yeah. What, what was this? Oh, yeah. Because of the question from four years from now. They're going to be good this year, too. It'll be fun. Uh, Yar, Y-A-R, asks, What was your relationship with the Philadelphia Bulldogs? They were huge for me as a kid. I uh, loved going to games and skating on the floor afterwards. I think they threw a tourney I played in one year. I think they had a big impact on future Flyers fans. Your thoughts? Uh, like I said earlier, I went to a ton of Phantoms games as a kid. Um, that's kind of the like minor league experience I had. I didn't go to many. May I think I went to one Philadelphia Bulldogs game. Like maybe their home opener, like that first year uh, when they were a big deal. Maybe like our parents took us all to that. Um, but yeah, I, the Phantoms were more my thing. Uh, but as a kid. I played roller hockey before I started ice hockey. Started ice hockey in like the third grade. Uh, I played roller hockey at Skater's Choice right here in South Jersey, right over in Sewell. Um, uh, yeah, the Philadelphia Bulldogs came to like a big open practice or tryout or something. There's a bunch of them there. Uh, I had their autograph on my Skater's Choice jersey, which was a red t-shirt. Um, so that was my relationship with the Bulldogs. I may have had a hat. Like a snapback hat, which looking back on, damn, I wish I still had. That would be cool. Uh, but yeah, I didn't have much exposure uh, to the to the Philadelphia Bulldogs. But I was reading up on them last night. You know, Tony Danza was one of their owners. Tony Danza was one of the owners of the Philadelphia Bulldogs. I guess he was cashing in on that uh, garbage picking, field goal kicking phenomenon thing. I uh, really had the Philadelphia fan base in his hand after that one. Um, yeah, I wasn't... I've never been huge on roller hockey. Uh, I Like I said, I played it. Of course, like all my friends and I played street hockey every day uh, growing up. It was like the sandlot out front. Um, have you ever seen the videos? Did you ever watch the Pro Beach Roller Hockey on ESPN? 
It was just so freaking 90s. There's a lot of clips of it on YouTube still. I highly recommend. It's just the most 90s shit ever. All right. Uh, Fly Guy Josh asks, if you could build a dream uh, top three lines and D pairings of current NHL players, uh, what would it be? Um, I took some time to put this together last night so I'd be able to answer without sitting here going, uh, uh, let me check. So I put this together last night. Um, I'm taking Connor McDavid off the board. Uh, he'd be on everybody's dream team. He's the most talented player in the game right now. He's off the board. Uh, so of everyone left, I put together my dream lineup. And I'm going to tweet this out after the show or maybe if I you know, do it right now. But I'm going to tweet this out. I, I put it together on Cap Friendly last night. It's, um, you know, the Blackhawks could probably get away with this with all the salary cap circumvention. But most other teams wouldn't be able to put it. It's, uh, I think I'm $27 million over the cap. But... It, I just, it's, it's a fun exercise just to mess around. Uh, so my first one, this is going to be one of the more... Contra right away, I'm leading off with controversial. Not controversial, just a lot of you probably won't like it. Uh, I love the Bergeron-Crosby-Marchand line uh, from Team Canada in the World Cup a few years ago. Um, sue me, man. I, Crosby's great. Yeah, I, I'll go to the games and chant Crosby sucks as loud as anybody when he's playing against the Flyers, but... There's no... I'm, he's freaking awesome. I just... And I love the dynamic of him and Bergeron to do everything two-way centers uh, with just incredibly high skill level. And then, you know, Brad Marchand. Agitator with that kind of... I mean, top point level winger who agitates the shit out of people. I mean, he's Travis Konechny's ceiling. So, yeah, I, I really like that line for Team Canada in the World Cup a couple years ago. So Bergeron, Crosby, Marchand, my uh, my first line. How's the audio, everybody? Hey, Nicole. Nicole, you're on your bachelorette party and you're watching this thing? What's the matter with you? All right. Uh, so, yeah, Bergeron, Crosby, Marchand, uh, first line. Second line, I'm going to put Giroux on the left wing. I... I I'm not being a homer because the dude's awesome. I'm putting Drew on left wing on my second line, and I'm giving him two legitimate scorers. Uh, Tarasenko over on the right, Nathan McKinnon in the middle. So much creativity with these three. It would just be beautiful to see it play out. I, I, three on twos would just be the, the most cool. Oh, my God. So uh, just the creativity here. Yeah, so Drew, McKinnon, Tarasenko, line two. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is going to beat out Alex Ovechkin on line three. Uh, but Ovechkin's exclusion is more due to um, not seeing Ovi and Giroux being a fit together on line two. Uh, and now I've moved on. If I could put G with Ovi, I absolutely would. Uh, he's I've always wanted to see him play with that kind of guy, and he's the best. But, yeah, it's hard to set somebody up when you're standing directly next to him. They're two guys who play you know, really close to... Really, they would play really close to one another. Uh, so Goudreau, LW three, and let's throw Konechny over on the other wing, just because you know I'm going to be a homer and take one of my guys again. And sorry, but I'm going to go Nico in the middle. I'm going to go Nico Hishier in the middle. Uh, I like the speed and playmaking here of this full line. I think you could. Jesus. <clears throat> I think Konechny could score 40 or more with these guys. Uh, that would be a lot of fun to watch. I am very happy with Nolan Patrick. I think he's going to be great. Um, 
heading into the draft, I preferred Nico by just a small margin. Um, I think a lot of people will credit Taylor, Taylor Hall. Uh, we'll credit Taylor Hall for Nico's success a little, but Taylor Hall beat his career high by like 12 goals playing with Nico. Um, he's never been an MVP caliber player before. He's Taylor Hall's good, always been, but come on, you can't tell me he didn't benefit a little from playing with this guy. Obviously, Nico, 19 years old, benefits from Taylor Hall. I just think, you know, second leading scorer on a playoff team at 19 years old, pretty good. Oh, wow, battery getting low. So, yeah, Goudreau, Nico, connect me line three. Uh, I'm going to build a fourth line, too, because I want to hit people. Um, I'm putting Brian Boyle in between Tom Wilson and Jamie Benn. Uh, yes, my highest paid forward is Jamie Benn, and he's on my fourth line. It's my dream team. Uh, but I would just, I'd pay money to watch these three get in on the cycle. Uh, I know a lot of people hate Tom Wilson. I'm one of them, but I would love him if he played for my team. That's somebody actually sent me a video, a compilation of, um, Tom Wilson getting laid out a bunch of times. And I mean, yeah, it's super satisfying to see him take those hits but I gotta say, he puts his team on the power play a lot. He pops right up. He takes some dirty hits, and obviously, no room. Yeah, Tom Wilson deserves everything that happens to him on the ice. He gets hit. Uh, you know, no one's gonna take it easy on him because he doesn't take it easy on anybody. He's taking some dirty hits out there because he gives a lot of dirty hits. But dude pops right up every time. You, I, I, you gotta give it to him if you're gonna be an asshole. He's great at doing it. Um, so yeah, so Brian Boyle in between Jamie Benn and Tom Wilson, just watch them get in on a cycle, man. Uh, Ghost and Carlson is my first pair. Put them out there with the Bergeron, Crosby, Marchand line, and the other team would never have the puck. Just never have the puck. Um, I'm going to put Sergachev and Bufflin together. Ugh. Nah, just, two big guys feeding off one another. Put them out there a lot with my little line. Uh, the... Goudreau, uh, Nico, connect me line a lot, create a little room out there, and yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, P.K. Subban's on my third pair, uh, he's one of my favorite players in the league, but roster construction-wise, wasn't sure if I could fit him in, um, yeah, I'm putting him next to Will Butcher, um, because I just really couldn't bring myself to put Dion Phaneuf on this team, I wanted to, I really wanted to, um, yeah, so in case you're interested, Cap friendly, my team, $106,855,000 cap hit, about $27 million over the cap. Uh, and that's with Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom as the goalie tandem. Uh, so that was just fun. I, you know, fun putting your dream team together. Uh, tweet me yours, why not? Go on cap friendly, put your dream team together. No Connor McDavid, he's off the board. All right, bunch of questions from Chris Nafee here, and then we'll get to your questions. So I'll be taking a bunch of yours after I get to these. I'm just finishing up the uh, the ones I already had in case nobody showed up. You know, got to have something to talk about. Uh, so Chris asks, Dylan Larkin signs for five years with $6.1 million average annual value. Ryan Ellis signed for eight years with a 6.25 AAV. Can we expect Konechny and Provorov to sign in the 5 to $6 million range? 
Lorcan's got what a year on Konechny service time wise so this will be yeah depending on Konechny's role I could see him I still think it's early for 5 million but what did Shen get that second like 2.5 and then he got the 5 I could I could see Konechny getting uh, can I see Konechny getting more than Couturier what's like Couturier is like 4 4.3. I could see Konechny getting like two years at around that, maybe. And then they give him the big one. But Provorov, I've been saying all along, if I can get him for eight years, it's $6 million right now, 6.25, which is what uh, Ellis got. I'd, I'd do that. I, I just want to lock him in. I want cost certainty. Buy his whole prime. It's over with. Um, I have no problem overpaying or giving it to him early, whatever. Just give me the cost certainty. And with the with the deal you're on with with Couturier and Gostaspare being, you know, much cheaper than their actual value, uh, I, 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 you're, you know, you're not getting ripped off there. Uh, you're still coming out ahead. So I would just get that done. Uh, yeah, I, I could see I could see those being decent enough decent enough barometers for what those guys are going to get, but it is still early for Provorov. You know, he's just going to be coming off his ELC after this year. And connect. Alright, uh, considering Corey Promman rated the Flyers' farm system 12th, do you think we've... Okay, I already got into this a little. Uh, do you think Promman has different criteria for rating farm systems? Yeah, I think... I think it's fair when he said we don't have the one game-breaker, the one top-end guy. Um, because Morgan Frost has only had the one dominant year, we're still waiting, you know, Farabee might be a star, but it's still kind of early. Only USHL experience so far, so we'll get a little bit better, a uh, little bit better, you know, look at what he could be this year. Um, and Carter Hart's a goalie, and nobody knows, yeah, nobody knows. But if you've underrated those three guys, your system's probably going to be underrated. He did say we have the most quality depth in the league. So, whatever our ranking is, 12, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of good guys in there. They have as good a chance as any as being the best farm system in the league. All right. Uh, and a wrestling question. Great. Has the ship sailed on Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle rekindling their feud? Their matches were epic. Uh, have you seen Kurt Angle move? Uh, he looks like an action figure in there. <laughs> that dude's done. I don't want to ever see him wrestle again. All right. Brian Knight. Will the Flyers win the cup before Carter Hart becomes the guy? <sighs> hey, anything's possible. And like I said, I think this team's going to be really good this year. Um, do I think they're one of the three or four teams that are probably going to be in consideration to, like, in contention to really win challenge for the Stanley Cup? I don't. Um, but that said, I think it's totally possible that they are actually in the Final Four. Like, they, they reach the conference championship. I think it's com completely feasible. So if you're good enough to get there, I guess you're good enough to win it. Um, and I guess this asks kind of when I think Carter Hart will be the guy, and it's probably uh, the guy two years from now. Um, like two full, two more full seasons. A third season, maybe he's the number one. Um, 
But who knows? Maybe he's a prodigy and he's up here right away. But uh, do I think they win a cup before Hart's the guy? I don't. Um, but I'm not... Hey, good problem to have. Who gets traded first, Eric Carlson or Artemi Panarin? Uh, maybe they'll get traded for each other. Uh, who knows at this point, man? Um, I'm going to say Panarin just because I think Otto is so incompetent. They're going to actually think they can sign Carlson, and then they lose him for nothing. That would just be so damn funny. What is this team's biggest strength, and what is their biggest weakness? Um... Weakness right now, I think, is goaltending, just because you don't really know what you have. Uh, I think the top six is really legit. Um, third line has a chance to be pretty damn good. Uh, you know, top D pair, pretty pleased with Ghost and Provorov behind them. Um, you know, Sandheim and either McDonald or Gudis. It's whatever. Hopefully Sanheim is, is, takes another step forward and is good and earns top four minutes and he can kind of pull along, you know, a Gudis or... I mean, if Gudis bounces back a little, that's not totally out of the possibility. If he's as good as he was two years ago, that would be cool. Um, but, you know, Sanheim and McDonald were serviceable. Uh, and then the third pair is, I guess, a weakness, whether it's... Haig and McDonald, or Haig and Gudis, whatever combination there, it's not great, but, um, you know, help is on the way. Uh, so I guess the third pair is a bit of a weakness, but biggest weakness, goaltending. Strength, I think, is the top six, uh, and just the, your top-end talent. I think you finally have legitimate, competitive top-end talent in terms of your first two lines and your first D pair uh, being able to really make you a contending team. In honor of SummerSlam, which wrestlers would make good NHL players? Um, <laughs> I mean, who's a better heel than Tom Wilson, right? All right, uh, let's get to your questions now. We're Okay, we're, look at this, perfect. 29 minutes in. We're going to get to your questions now. Um, just going to scroll down and kind of pick up Oh, yeah, Tom Wilson and Sidney Crosby on the same team. Absolutely. That would be so much fun. Kyle. Kyle Collington. How are you, Kyle? Does Konechny get a long-term deal or a bridge deal? Um, I think he's a perfect candidate for a bridge. Uh, I, I could see him kind of following the same, the same pattern as Braden Shen did in terms of how he's awarded his contracts. Bob Clifford, I think the smart play with Konechny takes a good long look at your protected list for Seattle. Oh, yeah, all that stuff is going to, um, all that stuff is going to, all that stuff is going to come into play. I'm sorry, I zoned out for a second. Um, the, Hextall, Hextall's prepared for, you know, the next round of, uh, expansion when is Carter Hart going to be called up uh, I would you know I would absolutely love it if he made the team out of freaking camp not don't get me wrong um, I can't see him getting into the NHL this year I I just can't I think 
They're going to want to get the full AHL year. Don't give them any... Don't do anything to just mess with his head. Just put him in the AHL. Tell him you're getting the full year in the AHL, probably in a tandem role, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Hextall is a conservative guy when it comes to this. Uh, so I don't see it this year. If you had to ask me, I would I would say he gets two years in the eh. Can you give him two years in the AHL? It really depends on this year. Um, halfway through next season, let's say halfway through 2019-20, maybe we see Carter Hart would be my would be my best estimate. Uh, this is probably unfounded, but my fear is Hart won't be the guy until like four to five years from now due to Hexy's conservative approach. Um, I mean, we really have no idea what his approach is with goaltenders yet. I just said he's conservative too, so I agree that he does take a somewhat conservative approach. Um, depends on what your definition of the guy is. I mean, if he's getting 45 starts, he's the guy, you know? Um, and then starting for you in the playoffs, he's the guy. Maybe he doesn't get a superstar goalie's workload for a while, which is probably just smart. Like, prolong the kid's career and then ride him, you know, in his prime. If he's getting the 55, 60-plus starts, you know, four to five years from now, um, that makes sense. If that's your definition of being the guy. Because I goalies break down. They do. Uh, and the great ones last. The great ones do last. But you got to get them there. So I would be... If he's up here and contributing and they're in a good tandem um, and he's getting a majority of the starts and he's your playoff guy but not getting the, you know, Marty Brodeur workload, uh, I could see that being two years, three years from now and four years, five years from now being his his time to actually get that. Oh, you know what? He could be a Vezina. Like when he's in the Vezina conversation, we'll be in that time if he's in it. Uh, Bob Clifford, and did you buy a wrestling shirt with Steph's 20 bucks? No, I bought beer. Uh, I bought two six-packs of Kate May with Kate May IPA with Steph's, Steph's 20 bucks. Uh, Brian, what should be Seattle's nickname? My pick is Seattle Grunge. Um, I guess he can't be Black Tar Heroin. Uh, yeah, Grunge is good. Why not? Uh, Seattle Fish Market would be funny. Can Rousey carry the women's pay-per-view if she wins the belt at SummerSlam? Why not? Uh, what do you think the Flyers need to change to improve their breakout? Uh, failed exits, the bane of my existence. Failed exits lead to goals. You know, they're 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 like they're, they're that's what a that's what a bad turnover is. Like, yes, is it frustrating if Jake Voracek? gets the puck in the neutral zone, skates it all the way through and two feet into the two feet into the offensive zone, gets poke checked and um and the puck goes the other way, is that bad? It's not good. Um but a failed exit is the turnover that kills you. Uh I think they just need to put more trust in the guys more trust in the guys on the blue line to carry the puck or make a good pass. I just think 
they're trying too often to just lift... They're trying... Just take a second. They're so worried about making mistakes, they make the safe play too often. And if they were to just take a second, they could actually orchestrate a breakout. And I think they have the guys to do it now. Um, aside from Gudis, who carries the puck like it's a grenade, I don't think any of them, even McDonald, are the worst with the puck on their stick. Uh, Haig just needs to be a better passer. Uh, but I think it's in him to carry the puck a little more and to pass it a little more, just a little bit better. Jesus, just a little bit better as a third-pair guy. Um, but Provorov and Ghost, we know what they are. Um, they're fine, you know. Uh, Sanheim, I just hope the coach has more faith in him and that gives him the confidence to make more of those plays exiting his own end. Uh, and that could really help. And Andrew McDonald, as the second option there, isn't that bad because... Yes, while he probably dumps it a little too much, he's capable of skating with the puck a little. He's at least capable of holding it and creating room for Sanheim for Sanheim to get opened to then orchestrate a breakout and rush forward um, when he passes it back to him. So he's not the worst. Is one Andrew McDonald is Andrew McDonald, but he's not the worst for that. Uh, so hopefully it's just... The players gaining confidence by the coach putting skill in them because, yeah, failed breakouts have been have been a real big problem for this uh, for this team for a while. Uh, you can't give Hart two years in the AHL with Elliot and Neuvert on the last years of their deal. Who starts next year before Hart Lyon? Um, I could see Elliot getting another one year deal just to kind of even if Hart's the backup. Just kind of have, all right, you're going to go. Right now, we're going to start with the idea of Elliot playing two-thirds of the games. Um, and Hart could win up to like a 50-50 split or something like that. I could just see them extending Elliot or just bringing in a veteran on a one-year deal just to kind of give Hart a little more time, whether it be another year in the AHL or we're going to ease him in as a backup. Um, that's how I kind of see that playing out. All right. Okay, there are a ton more questions. Uh, where'd you all go? Where are you? Adding Eric Carlson would help your breakout. Hey, man, you don't got to tell me. Uh, Bill, I still think they are still short on right-handed defensemen. The lefty playing on his... Offside is prone to turnovers along the wall. Uh, yes and no. Uh, the lefty playing on the right side is prone to turnovers when the lefty isn't that good with the puck. Um, enough guys have been doing it for so long. It's like right-handed batters against right-handed pitching. Like you always like lefty on lefty is so um, is such a matchup disadvantage for the lefty batter, right? But right-handed hitters face right-handed batters all the time, or right-handed pitchers all the time, and it's like not—it's not the worst matchup disadvantage for most guys. And I just think so, like because they see it all the time. If it was, no right-handed player would ever be able to freaking hit. Um, if you know, left-handed defenseman is playing on the right side all the time because there are so many left-handed defensemen. It, 
I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I've always thought it's easier to shoot as a lefty from the right side, especially from from distance. Um, and with guys like Sanheim and Gostas Bear potentially doing that, uh, maybe not. It just depends on where Sanheim ends up. Right now, he's a left defenseman, but they've used him on the right, and he's skilled enough to play the right. But right now, he's you know they're playing him on the left, which is smart. So if it's guy, but if it's guys like Sanheim or Gostas Bear playing on on the right side, it's not the worst thing. But yeah, you could always use right-handed defensemen. Look, like they look at what they get paid in this league. Look at what they get traded. There, there's a premium put on the righties, and you could always use more. But Phil Myers is right-handed. Mark Friedman's right-handed, so they do have some, you know, on the way. If we have Hart as a future goalie and use Neuvert as current number one, do you think Elliott would have any trade value? We were going to ride him out for a few years. I mean, Neuvert has... How do you use Neuvert as a number one? He's never played 30 games for the Flyers. He's incapable of playing 30 games. So you you, you have no goalie if you get rid of Brian Elliott. I, you know, I expect Alex Lyon to be up next year. That's what I guess I think happens in net next year is Elliott gets extended one year and Alex Lyon's in net and Carter Hart gets, you know, a ton of playing time in the AHL. That's how I think next year plays out. Um, Elliot have any trade value? I, I, trying to win games. This team is good enough to make a playoff run. Forget about does the goalie have trade value. They're good now. Can they be better? Every team in the freaking league could be better. Every team has flaws, and I think that's what a lot of people are... like. I know we make a joke of Tom Wilson, but he did just play first-line minutes for a Stanley Cup winning team. Are you telling me that team isn't flawed? A team that depended on Brooks Orpik? Like, yes, they have some superstars. Yes, they have a very good goalie. I get it. But every team is flawed. The Flyers are good now. We need to get out of this mindset of, oh, what can we get for this and this? No. You know what? We can get playoff production out of people. Favorite Flyers goalie mask of all time and your favorite Flyers jersey... Uh, you have ever owned favorite Flyers goalie mask, um, the Briz Star Wars mask, uh, favorite Flyers jersey you have ever owned, my Mike Richards captain jersey. Uh, I got it the year Jason Smith was the captain and got the C on it a year early because everyone was like, oh man, Mike Richards, he's going to be captain. I was like, I'm getting the jersey. Uh, but it was my first like authentic hockey jersey with the fight strap and all that stuff. It was the Reebok Edge jersey, the black one. Um, I freaking love that thing. I eased your, your concern about heart. I'm, um, you're welcome, Brian. That's what I'm here to do is ease all your concerns. Uh, which one of the defensive prospects will be most likely to make the jump and when? I mean... I expect Sanheim to be used like a, a second pair defenseman this year. So if you're used to saying, if you're still listing him as a prospect because of what happened last year, I'll say Sanheim. Uh, I mean, Sam Moran's out till Sam Moran's going to be back after the trade deadline. That's that's what's going to happen with him. Um, Phil Myers is right there. I, I think there's a really good chance we see Phil Myers, you know, at some point uh, from. From December on, I think, at any point, we could be seeing some Phil Myers. 
Will anyone other than Coots take a defensive zone draw this year? <sighs> yeah, I mean, we got to see how this 3-4-C and four C situation works out. Right now, I'm penciling in, you know, uh, Scott Lawton as the 3-C. But if they keep pushing Jordan Wheel as the 3-C, um, yeah, I, I could see Lawton t- getting that defensive role and being used that way, but Couturier's one of you... <laughs> You, I think faceoffs overall are, I think we rate them too highly, just in terms of valuing them over any other puck battle. Um, that said, special teams faceoffs in uh, you know in the offensive or defensive zone, winning those clean is huge uh, on special teams. It's a very big deal. Um, but at five on five, just regular, I think we overrate faceoffs a little too much. Um, but for those big defensive zone draws, I want Couturier out there for both his you know ability to win over 50% of his face-offs and his play in his own zone if he loses it, and Giroux as well, because he's excellent on face-offs still. Um, behind those guys, you know, Nolan Patrick, for his age last year, did very well in the face-off circle, so maybe he gets a, uh, maybe he gets a boost there. I mean, if he's in his second year in the league and at 50% this year, that's huge. Um, so maybe he gets a little a little more of that, of that bulk. But, I mean, this is what Couturier... Yes, Couturier is now a 1C offensive threat, but at the end of the day, he's a shutdown center. You need him out there in those situations. Was Coots' offensive breakout year a fluke or will it carry over to this season? Um... Listen, I always believed in Couturier, um, but no, I never thought he was this good. Uh, do I think, what did he have, like 70, 76 points, something like that? Yeah, I don't think he gets there again. He could. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he and Giroux and Konechny are together all year and everything's good again, Couturier stays on the power play or helps make power play two better, yeah, cool. Uh, he could He could absolutely get there again, but... I st- like I think he gets 60 65 points this year. Like yeah, it's a drop, but it's still if he's still giving you what he gives you defensively and Giroux and Konechny are still good and everything else is fine. I mean, it, it's not it, not that big a deal, but fluke uh, was it a fluke no cuz I don't think he's I think he's very good and even 2 years ago, um you know, before he got hurt, he was on a, a pretty good scoring pace. So, um Two, three, uh, three years ago now, he was on that really good scoring base uh, before the injury. So, <laughs> fluke, no. Do I expect regression? Absolutely. It would be silly not to. He had a career year. You know, do some guys continue having more career years? But I think he settles into an average now of like sixty, sixty-five. Will Giroux have a back-to-back one hundred point season? Yeah. Again, uh, I expect regression. Um, so, do I expect him to have 100 points? No. 85 to 90, though? I fully believe he'll get there. So, not that big of a drop, but I expect it to drop a little. How long will Hackstall be behind the bench? If you're... Okay. Do I think Dave Hackstall is the best possible coach for this team? No. No. Obviously not. Um, 
but a lot of not that great coaches win Stanley Cups, and it's up to the players. I don't think the coach has as much to do with the team's success as we often want to blame them for uh, when it's going poorly. Um, Dan Bilesman has a cup, you know. Obviously, look who he won with, but that's the idea is to put together great talent. If the Flyers have close to what we think they're going to have in depth over the next two to three years, two to three to four to five years, and they keep winning, how do you fire, fire Hackstall if he's the coach of a winning team unless they have major playoff blunders? Um, or unless he just continues to run goalies into the ground or there's something wrong with the way he's doing things uh, that he continues to do. But, uh, yeah, I think Hackstall could be here a while because clearly the general manager has faith in him, and I think, more importantly, the team is just going to be good. So it'll be hard to say we have to fire the coach after this season, even if we don't like him. The seasons I think they're going to have over the next few years, how are you going to be able to say, yeah, we got to get rid of this guy? That's I just I think he'll be here a while. What's the best sports movie of all time? Slapshot. Not even, I mean, Jesus. Carlson would be great. I could see Ottawa letting him go for nothing in free agency because that front office is a dumpster fire. They do have $33 million in cap space for next... Yeah, they're, maybe their owner is trying to drum up public support, um, but Eugene Melnick this week kind of said some stuff that uh, maybe he's not as cheap. Uh, he said... You know he's willing to pay for the uh, for the new downtown arena because uh, the mayor of Ottawa came to him and said, "Yeah, we're not paying for this." So I don't know what what you're trying to prove by saying you might move the team, but go ahead and try. Um, but if you want to talk about a downtown arena, we're going to build you know we're going to build up the downtown and we'll mark off some land for you and you can take care of you if you can take care of it yourself. Awesome, we'll have a downtown arena. Everybody wins. Um, and surprisingly, Melnick said, yeah, I could I could fund that. Um, so maybe he's not as cheap as we've been calling him. Maybe he's had a change of heart because he thinks the NHL's going to take his fucking franchise away because he's such an incompetent owner. Um, maybe they do spend the money and try to ante up, but my feeling is why would anyone... Like, they're just going to have a ton of cap space because nobody wants to go there. They're just such an irrelevant franchise. I just... If I was Carlson right now, I'd be leading them to believe that maybe there's a chance I resign just so I can walk away for nothing to screw them. But I also... The Senators are one of my most hated teams in sports. Like, I hate the Senators more than I hate the Rangers. It's not even particularly all that close. If Doug Peterson, Brett Brown, Gabe Kapler had a party for Philly coaches, would Dave Haxtall be the killjoy? I'm sure Dave is a fun guy in real life. You know, I, I, he's uncomfortable with the media. He just doesn't want to be there, so he gives off that persona. I'm sure he's a normal dude in real real life. Melnick is the primary problem. Dorian is also a pretty bad GM. Oh, they're just a bad organization. They're just a bad... You have a bad owner, you're going to have a bad organization. It's pretty... Pretty clear what the problem is there. 
How about getting rid of Neuvert and trying to get Aaron Dell? Uh, being from North Dakota, I've seen firsthand is potentially definitely a better option, in my opinion, than Neuvert uh, as a number two if available. Uh, yeah, sure, go go upgrade from Neuvert if you can. I just don't know. You know, I think you just kind of got to ride out Neuvert and then see where you are next year. It's not all about money with Dorian. He's not great at evaluating talent. So, yeah, money hurts his ability to be a good GM, but he's still bad regardless. Yeah, the whole organization is bad. Which prospect in the system will surprise us uh, all and be a valuable NHL contributor in a few seasons? <sighs> I'm going to go with my bias here and go with my Belarusian buddy, Maxim Shushko, uh, just because why not? Um, Noah Cates as well, I think, is another underrated guy. Um, Tyrell Goldborn. <laughs> I love him. I have a special place in my heart for Tyrell Goldborn. Uh, I realize other people feel differently. <laughs> he moved Fanuff's contract. That took some selling. I, I'm like the last Fanuff fan left. Who's more likely to repeat Coots or Wild Bill Carlson? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, likely to repeat? Yeah, I think Couturier has a much better chance of hitting mid-70s in points than... What did, what did William Carlson end with? What did he actually finished with 47 was that the number 43 goals all right uh 43 goals 78 points yeah i don't think he's going to be able to reach 43 goals again uh so i would say couturier more likely to repeat um yeah i think couturier's numbers just have a better chance of happening again I think Coots could be the top two-way forward this year. If it doesn't happen, this comment never existed. Hey, man, uh, he was finally a Selkie finalist. If he keeps up what he did last year, he's absolutely going to you know, be in the conversation every single year. Um, NHL awards, like everything in sports, is, is a reputation kind of thing a lot. So it's going to be hard to get recognized um, ahead of guys like Kopitar and Bergeron. But um, being in their company, pfft, yeah. If 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 someone's having a conversation and going, well, it's either Couturier or Bergeron or Kopitar. Yeah, I'm good with any of them. So, wasn't there a Slapshot remake in the works? I know there's a sequel, and I've never seen three. Uh, two is uh, bad. Um, I've never seen three. Uh, a remake? I don't think so. Uh, Goon and Mystery Alaska I love a lot, too. Though. Carlson for Sanheim and your next two firsts. Do you pull the trigger? Yeah, absolutely. You kidding? Done.
not even a question in my mind. Alright, is that it, guys? Are we, uh, are we done? I'm trying to scroll a little more, not seeing any more comments. Alright, we hit the 55-minute mark, so thank you all so much for joining me on Saturday Morning Scrambles. Uh, of course, you can listen to Broad Street Hockey Radio. We're right here on Facebook Live every Monday night at 9.30. Uh, and then, of course, you know it's available throughout the week at broadstreethockey.com. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes and all that good stuff. Make sure... You uh, give us a rating. Give us that five-star rating. Say some nice things about us. Uh, hit subscribe on you know whatever you're listening to us on, iTunes, all that good stuff, wherever you listen to, to podcasts. Everyone tells me about all these different podcast apps and stuff. Uh, I'm way behind. I just have, you know, I just have the iTunes store. That's uh, I have the podcast app. That's what I listen to. But I, people talk about all sorts of other stuff that I don't have any idea about. So I'm just going to quit rambling. Uh, so, yeah, subscribe. Give us that great rating. Uh, thank you all for hanging out. We try to do these. I'm going to be back with the post games this season following pretty much every single Flyers game. I will be right here in my little recording tent. Uh, we'll be doing that again. So had a great time last year. Uh, we're going to keep it up. So for Broad Street Hockey Radio, BroadStreetHockey.com, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.